Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. coming through the door I think we've met somewhere before hello love well hello folks hello love where in the world have you been so long I missed you so since you've been gone hello love hello love hello love make yourself feel right at home I hope you plan on staying long Come in, come on in, sit down, have a cup of coffee, some orange juice, whatever you're drinking this morning, and I have a little uh, set spell with us. We'll uh, talk about a variety of things over the next couple of hours, and you can be part of it too if you'd like to at 304-214-1600. That's the text line, 304-232-8255 is the phone line. Frio Stack auction service lines always open and running. It's 810, 33 degrees everywhere, 33 at the Highlands, 33 in Elm Grove, 33 at... Uh, the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, and 33 here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studio. It's going to be cloudy today. Might see a little drizzle, not even drizzle, just some spotty showers, and that's pretty much it. Uh, daytime high will be maybe pushing close to 40, more like in the high 30s, mid 40s for most of the rest of the week. It's going to be a gloomy and cloudy week all week long. Coming up later on this this hour, we'll talk a bit about the jury ordering Donald Trump to pay E. Jean Carroll $83 million. And I think there's an important message there, and it has nothing to do with $83 million. It has to do with a jury placing these, making this order. CNN says Senator Manchin has privately told people he, quote, absolutely can see himself as president. I'm not totally sure what that means, but I'll share with you what I know from the CNN story. And Mark Phillips from Catholic Charities updates us on the latest conversations with the city of Wheeling over homeless camps. All of that is coming up uh, over the next couple of hours here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Um, do we have, is that, do we have a Phone call? lines are jammed up, Howard. It seems like we stirred up maybe a little Taylor Swift talk. We have uh, Dan up first. All right, Dan. Good morning, sir. I got two things to say. Last night after that game, Tony Romo walked up to Taylor Swift and asked her a question. And she said, and who are you and why are you talking to me? That was on uh, the morning news. I heard at 430 this morning. But the second thing is, okay. don't, eat a, don't eat a whole lot of food during the Super Bowl. Why not? Because you're going to get... You're going to get sick. Vince uh. McMahon just called me up. It's going to be the biggest wedding proposal of all times. Taylor Swift and Cleese, he's going to get on the 50-yard line, in the park, and he's going to ask her to marry him. So don't eat a whole lot of food. Uh, okay. If the NFL uh, could make that happen, they would. Oh, though. they're working on it right if now. If they could make that happen, they absolutely would. Thanks, Danny. Although I, I wouldn't be too you know, quick to say anything Vince McMahon said because you saw where – He might be going to the pokey. Yes, exactly. He had to resign from his chairmanship of TKO, which I guess is the – Multi-billion dollar company, Howard, yeah, that just yeah. got in bed with Netflix, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. He's got, uh, he's got um, uh, some sanctual problems. That, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Let's, uh, let's head over to Ferry. I think we're still heading to Ferry. Let's Gene? see what Gene's saying. All right. How about those games well, yesterday, Gene? All I got to tell you is I'm so sick of this Swift woman and her 
they're jumping up and down. Oh, my God. Tell you what. <laughs> Makes me sick. And how about Kelsey? He just runs around out there. You know, when you can sit here in your living room and say, well, we're going to throw the ball to Kelsey. And they throw it to him, and ain't nobody around him. And he catches it. It's, it's all the time. All the time. But I wonder, what I wanted to tell you was, Gene, we, Gene, we live in a world where celebrity rules. Oh, yeah, I know. Hey, uh, you uh, were uh, mentioning all those people that's going to run for council. Yes. There's a name that you brought up. I hope it's the same guy, Bernie Appertini. Yes. I know Bernie. Well, all right, then. You, can't. you know what he is? Well, tell us a little bit about Bernie, Gene. I will, if I can. Uh, if it's the same Bernie Albertini, he's the big chief over at Martin's Ferry Hospital. Correct. Yeah, East Ohio Regional Hospital. Absolutely. Yeah, he. Uh, are, yeah, Gene, but, uh, are you uh, are you still in Martin's Ferry? No. Are you in Wheeling? Can you vote for Bernie? I'd vote for him in a minute. He's a good guy. Okay. <laughs> One of the good guys. All right. Very good. Gene, I got to run. Thanks for your call. Be, Th- I'm sorry. Did, did mean to, go ahead. Go ahead. will be for years. Okay. Thanks, Gene. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, I think I mentioned that at the beginning, that he, that he was a, uh, a health care official, um, so we have that. 814, 14 after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. A uh, couple, uh, couple of things off the legislative front I want to get to coming up in a minute or two. Wheeling Mayor Glenn Elliott is also uh, coming up in a just a minute or two. We're going to talk about, well, we'll talk about Don Blankenship. Then we'll also talk about uh, the suspension bridge. Bob, before we get uh, into the mayor, we ought to talk about the auction coming up this week. There is a real estate auction that our good friends uh, Frio and Stack are putting on. It's out in the Elm Grove section of Wheeling. It is a real estate auction. This is the house, not the property or the not the possessions inside it, but this is a house, a real estate auction coming up on Wednesday. This is a three-bedroom, two baths. At one time, this was a duplex, so it has a kitchenette on the second floor, Howard, full basement, finished attic, and a first-floor office. And the property also has a, a block garage that is in the back that you cannot see from National Road. That would be in the back of the house. It's 2476 National Road. That's in the... the uh, Beautiful section of Elm Grove. <laughs> the auction is this Wednesday. And Howard, we got to tell them again don't be late. You cannot be late. It is 12 30 sharp. You want to be there on time. That's very important. Uh, if you want more information, go to freeonstack.com. You can get the information about the auction itself and then show up. Um, I, I assume you can. Make a range to take a look at the house, right? You can call the call the Frio Stack, and they'll give you a, a preview. Of well, the house. we're getting late for that, Howard. With the auction being so close, I don't know if that ship has sailed or not. But you might want to give them a call, or maybe check that out on uh, on the online. All right, FrioStack.com. It is eight sixteen here on the Watchdog Morning Show. So coming up next, Wheeling Mayor Glenn Elliott, who is also now U.S. Senate candidate uh, for the Democratic nomination, Glenn Elliott. I'm just wondering when. Uh, he decided to run. Did he ever think Don Blankenship would be one of the guys he's running against? Baron Don file. We'll take a minute or two to talk about that. Then we're going to turn to some issues here in the friendly city. Coming up next with Mayor Elliott on the Watchdog Morning Show. The Highlands is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment, too. Play a round of simulated golf at the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas, featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. 
plus special promotions like flashback cinema or visit the highlands sports complex with turf courts climbing wall and an arcade shopping dining and entertainment just off i-70 the top of the hill the highlands Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. From estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Frio and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free outside consultation. 304-233-3168 or visit FrioandStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Frio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be one of the first people in my family to go to college. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I could still hold while I served part-time. That job, along with the benefits I got through the West Virginia Army National Guard, helped me buy my first home. I also know that I'll be one of the first to respond if the Ohio Valley ever needs me during a natural disaster. I'm Sergeant Andrea Gump, and if you'd like to join my team, visit www.nationalguard.com WV for more information, or check out our Instagram or Facebook at WeGuard West Virginia. Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Washington Morning Show, Monday morning. Uh, welcome to the show. The mayor of the city of Wheeling and U.S. Senate candidates for the Democratic nomination, Glenn Elliott. Good morning, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Candidate. Did I lose him? Uh, uh, sorry, uh, sorry there, Howard. Had you on mute. Good morning, sir. <laughs> Good morning. When last we talked, you had uh, just announced you were running for the Democratic nomination for the U.S. Senate. And, of course, you knew at the time, we talked at the time, that there was going to be a, a primary. You have uh, Zach Shrewsbury, who had already filed, so the two of you are going to be on the ballot. But uh, did you see Don Blankenship coming down the road? <laughs> Safe to say that wasn't on the uh, bingo card for uh, for this campaign, but hey, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, you can't control. Anytime you get into a race, you're, you, you you can't control who else gets in. Um, I certainly didn't expect to be running against a Republican in the Democratic uh, primary, but hey, I you know, <laughs> it, I, I look forward to it. And Blankenship almost said he says well i'm filing as a democrat but i'm not really a democrat i mean he just he's just yeah. he's just flying under the cover of the democrat because well i don't know what I, you know baron don is a very unusual yeah. man yeah well you know it, it <laughs> uh, certainly when you spend a year in prison for, for actions resulting in the death of minors you have a lot to think about so i don't know look it i uh like this debate is going to have to be about the future of the state, and I don't think that you know he's had a lot to think about the future of the state. He definitely represents, you know, as far as I look at the past, 
Uh, but I look forward to a very healthy and rigorous uh, campaign where we talk about all these issues. Uh, you've got the, you got all the language <laughs> down, Pat, Mr. Mayor. You got it, you got it all figured out. In all seriousness, yeah. do, does this is this good for the for the for for the the uh, for the election or not? I mean, I guess what I'm thinking of is, for better or ill, it is going to call more attention to the Democratic primary. Um, but well, it already has got. My Twitter following went through the roof when that uh, posted the other day because I guess my name's in all the stories where, yeah, so it's definitely going to bring more attention to it. But look, um, it, like this election, like uh, I, I don't consider someone who just switches parties just so he can try it the other way a serious candidate. Now, obviously, he has a lot of money. He's going to put a lot of money in this race, I'm sure. But if the Democratic Party is going to pick a Republican as its nominee, then, you know, I probably shouldn't be the I probably shouldn't be the nominee. I mean, I mean we're going to have to have a debate about well, where the party wants to go. The party branding in the state is at a, a generational low, if not, you know, 100 year low. So um, I certainly hope he doesn't represent the Democratic Party, because if that's the case, we have different problems to worry about. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, really, but yeah. uh, I, I think it's interesting. Mike Pushkin, the, the chair of the Democratic Party, Basically said, we don't want him. Go away. I mean, um, yeah. the party is trying to re-image, rebrand. I'm not sure what phrase to use, but the party's trying yeah. to present itself in a different way with candidates like yourself, and um, and then Blankenship comes along to just muddy the waters. And sometimes you wonder if people like he aren't doing it just in order to muddy the waters. Well, yeah, I've never. I remember looking at his ads from I only last run 2018. I didn't see those as someone who was serious about the process. I think when you have a lot of money and you you can run a campaign like this, you certainly can do it for different reasons. And, and ego may be one of them. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's fun to, uh, you know, pay people to do ads that are very funny or whatever. But I just don't see any serious solutions. I could be wrong. Maybe he spent the time thinking about ideas for how to make our state and country better. I, but, you know, I expect him to just pretty much, you know, run a campaign that's devoid of any real substance of ideas. Yeah, if you, if you, and, want, if you want to take that yeah. bet, I'll, I'll, I'll take that bet for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. Look, this, idea, this election has to be about ideas. And, and for the Democratic Party, our branding is at, a, like I said, a generational low in the state of West Virginia. A lot of Democrats, uh, we've lost the trust of voters. We have to earn that back. And so, I, I mean, I like the opportunity. Uh, to have a Republican in the primary so we can talk about, you know, the values that, you know, for years made the Democratic Party a very uh, successful in this country and in the state. Um, you know, I, you know, I look forward to that conversation um, and we'll see where it goes. For the next few months, we're going to be having to shift gears as I talk to you between your uh, mayor's yeah. position and the, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, Senate uh, race. Let's get back to the city of Wheeling, because really I invited you on to talk about the suspension bridge. We've been mm -hmm. looking at the bridge, knowing the work has been done. What, 17-some million dollars of repair work is being done, and everybody yeah. has seen it all lit up. It looks very nice. But there were reports last week that the Department of Transportation is basically, they haven't said it yet, but their strong indications are they're not going to reopen this to vehicular traffic. I guess it's not a big shock to me, and I guess it's not a big shock to you either, right? It's not a big shock. Um, you know, no one had told that to me or to the city manager from DOH, but it, but the writing has kind of been on the wall, and we've heard some uh, some rumors about it now for months that uh, that this decision's been made. Um, I look, I. Um, I've explained to you before, 
Um, well, I understand there were problems with cars or, or, well, I shouldn't say cars, but with larger vehicles using the bridge in the past. I truly think the best way to keep the bridge here for all eternity is to keep it in the DOH uh, a roadway budget because you know DOH's budget is enormous. Um, and my concern has been if we shut the bridge down and make it a monument, then it, it falls out of DOH's sort of pur- purview and becomes subject to the monument's budget, which in the state of West Virginia is a fraction of what DOH's budget is. And then at some point, does the state say, well, we just can't afford to keep this up wheeling, it's yours. And you know, keeping that bridge going would would take up more than probably half of Wheeling's budget per. I mean, it's a it's a huge undertaking. So, I wanted to keep it a roadway just to keep it in that uh, you know eligible for roadway funding. But I suggested years ago, back in 2019, I suggested to the then uh, Secretary of Transportation a series of design elements that you could do um, that would make the bridge uh, both safe. And, you know, keep the large vehicles off it. And, you know, those ideas were basically summarily rejected. And, uh, I mean, it's been clear that they're going to do what they're going to do without really our input since. And, you know, so I haven't, uh, you know, tried to give much input because it's clear they don't want to hear from us on this bridge. There are a number of ways, in my opinion, that that bridge could be made usable for vehicular traffic. It's never going to be what it was once before. We have to be careful we don't have... uh, you know, backup of cars after after uh, yeah. football games and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it, there are ways that it could be made usable, whether it's tolling it or um, yeah. whether it's uh, some kind of barrier that, that only goes, uh, yeah. you know, there are ways it could be done. In fact, I think you suggested some of those uh, to, oh, yeah. to the Department of Transportation. You didn't just say, please keep the bridge open. You gave them some ideas. Um, yeah. But they, they kind of basically said, go mind your own business, didn't they? It was a, uh, yeah, you know, stay out of the big kid, like the big kid pool, get back at the baby pool kind of letter that I got then. But it, look, um, you know, one of the ways, and actually one thing I, um, I suggested, um, you know, if you remember why that uh, bus in the first place ended up on that bridge, it was following GPS. Right. And one way you can deter a lot of GPS traffic is a simple toll because your GPS, uh, most GPSs, unless you ask to include tolls, will exclude tolls uh, from the directing your route and a five cent toll on that bridge would 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 actually have reduced a lot of cars even trying to go there i then suggested a way station and or some sort of booth where uh, that could also keep 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 the cars spaced out um with like you know an arm that goes up and down only every so often uh for spacing um i suggested a hard of a physical barrier as i think six five would have precluded most trucks uh, from getting on there, I think the one they had on there was eight feet. Uh, there's no reason they couldn't have had a lower barrier, six foot five. They didn't want to do that. It was, um, uh, uh, one of the things I didn't suggest, but but has since been suggested to me, and you're going to laugh at this, was uh, DOH has some concern with if you make a if you put a, a toll booth or a station on the on the downtown side of the bridge, the cars may back up onto Main Street and. And that and moving cars on Main Street is their number one priority. Well, you could make the bridge one way from the island, um, mm-hmm. and if cars backed up on Virginia Street, it's certainly not the end of the world. But uh, that's been—I I know that's been suggested to them and rejected as well. So it's clear to me that like they don't want to open the bridge to traffic. I can respect the decision if the goal here is to is to ultimately save the bridge, but um, I worry that a future—I mean, a future governor, a future. A DOT secretary, uh, you know, when that bridge is no longer actually serving as a a way to move vehicles, it's going to fall out of the DOH budget, and it's going to become subject to the whims of monuments and 
And you know that could—that's a big—it's a big, inexpensive monument to keep standing. Uh, that I worry about the future if it's not part of the highway system. Mayor, I'm always in a hurry, but I really yeah. can't see your vision as a toll bridge just to get there a little bit quicker. Yeah, yeah. I, Bob, I'm not sure I, I understand your question. I—you can't see. Oh, you know. For the, to make the suspension bridge a toll bridge, again, I'm always in a hurry. I'm always looking for a way to get there quicker. But, you know, and, and I'm not just being cheap. I just don't know if I'd go through the whole rigmarole to go through the toll bridge to, to get over there any quicker. I, I just don't, I just, I can't really see that right now. I love your idea to keep it going. But, uh, you know, just to pay, just to get over there a little quicker, I, I, just, I just can't see it. Well, no, again, I mean, I think you kind of make my point there, Bob. Having it as a toll bridge would discourage a lot of use of it, but it would still keep it as a as a roadway slash bridge, um, which is probably, as I look at it, the best outcome where we have it a road that's not used that much, but it still remains a road and a bridge for people who want to use it. And, and, and B, it's in a very large uh, – it's, it's competing for funds in a very large pool of funds. I mean, DOH's budget, if you looked at it, I forget what it is uh, this current fiscal year, but, but it's huge. Um, there's no other, you know, a pool of state funds where it's going to be eligible for as much funding. So that's that was my goal, uh, recognizing it's going to still be inconvenient, but it would still be better, in my mind, to have it open for the occasional uh, uh, a car that wants to pay. I suggested a five-cent toll. It could be a 25-cent toll. It doesn't have to be an expensive toll. The idea is to make it a toll to deter GPS from sending people that way uh, who may not be from here. Off the Frio Stack Ox Service text yeah. line, and I don't think this is uh... – I'll just read it. I think that this is from a listener. I think the suspension bridge is capable of holding much more weight than you give it credit for. Than I do, or well, that's the well, that's the text here. I, yeah, I, yeah. it's the Department of Highways that uh, has given has set <laughs> yeah. the weight limits, and uh, I, yeah. being no engineer, I have to assume they know <laughs> what 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 the weight limit is. I I I, would, I have no question yeah. that, that it's. I've had. So I've had some conversations with DOH engineers over the years on this, and, and I don't think they exactly know what the weight limit is because this bridge isn't built the way you would build a bridge today where, where you can do computer modeling and everything. It, it's, it's, it's a little bit of uh, some guesswork in there, and I think they're trying to be incredibly safe with that, and I don't fault them for that at all. I mean, it, uh, like the last thing you want to see is that bridge at the bottom of the Ohio River, so you have to be safe about it. But, but, but I mean, clearly they just replaced a bunch of cables and the cables that were on there, which were damaged, were holding up a lot of cars for many years. So clearly it can hold a vehicular traffic. The question is, what's the safe and reliable way to do that? Uh, uh, look, uh, um, uh, or debating a moot point because, like I right. said, I expect them to close the bridge down. But I think if they really wanted to keep it open, there are design ways to do that. Uh, but for whatever reason, I just not be are not being given consideration. Right, but I think you're right. It is a moot point. I think it's going to, based on everything we've read, seen, and heard, and, and the rumors yeah. that are coming out and so on, I don't think it's going to open again for vehicular traffic. Mr. Mayor, what that does is it really, in my mind, uh, it makes it much more incumbent upon the plans for the Gateway Heritage Center mm -hmm. there uh, where the Wheeling Inn is to make sure that they find the proper way to showcase that suspension bridge. If it's only going to be an historical slash tourist attraction, it needs to yeah. be given high priority in that in that function. Yeah, and I think um, you know I would hope that if it is shut down, that 
uh, well, I hope, well, I said two things. I hope it is left open for a pedestrian and bicycle traffic because I think that's a great use for people getting to and from the island to downtown. Uh, but also, um, I, I would hope the DOH would be open to, uh, you know, having activities on that bridge. I remember back in 2019 when we were planning the um, uh, city's 250th anniversary, uh, we asked to do an event on the bridge, and we're told no. Really? This was, be, this was uh, yeah. This was before the uh, bus incident that year. I think it was in late September, or whatever. Uh, but we asked uh, to do something on on the bridge. It was going to be a um, a uh, I think a fundraiser uh, for the Wheeling to a 250 gallon whatever um you know with uh, eating meals and everything else out there and they said absolutely not you can't have like x amount of people on the bridge so yeah again i would hope that there uh, is some flexibility wow. here um that, if the bridge that, is shut down but, yeah that, I, that could I, be used I, for something that that <clears throat> i wasn't aware of that that Look, yeah. I, I get, and, and especially cars are getting heavier and heavier. You know, yeah. it's. I mean, I get yeah. that the way there is a weight limit, whatever it may be, there is a weight limit, and it's probably going to be hard to maintain. Yeah. I get that, but for God's sake, I mean, now now we can't even walk on the bridge or gather on the. That's crazy. Um, well, and, again, uh, uh, Jay Fry was the individual who, who who formally made the request, but I remember seeing the correspondence, and the answer was no. <laughs> so, it, it, yeah. Um, and I can go back and figure out why. And the other thing to keep in mind, if it is open for pedestrian use only, the surface is not very sort of amenable to people walking, especially if, if a woman's wearing high heels or something. So you'd have to look at the surface if that's the goal. That, like to have people on the bridge, uh, the surface of the bridge is not very friend- friendly unless you're wearing you know, very comfy tennis shoes because of the spacing of all the metal um, on the bridge well, that's true, but again, yeah. if that's what we end up with, then you got to just make sure yeah. you wear the right kind of shoes. See, I, I'm envisioning, particularly if it's not going to be open to vehicular traffic, I'm envisioning that Gateway Center, Heritage Center that they're talking yeah. about constructing where the Wheeling Inn is mm-hmm. when it comes down. Yeah. I'm uh, picturing it uh, showcasing the vista of the bridge and maybe mm-hmm. having access to the bridge so that you could... Uh, have groups go out and and you know take a historical walking tour of the bridge with somebody to. I mean, if we can't yeah. use it to, if we can't use it for a bridge, then it needs to be uh, the the use of it as an historical tourist attraction needs to be increased. And where the timing is good, because we are about to begin that Heritage Gateway Center project, and so yeah. um, I, I think that that needs to be factored in here. That's just my opinion. No, yeah, and look. Uh, at the end of the day, the number one goal, as I said before, and I think we all agree, is keeping that bridge there for another 175 years or whatever its actual age is. I think it's close to that. Um, that's got to be the goal. Um, so uh, this is an opportunity now with all the talks for the Gateway Center, what it's going to look like. But but I know that every plan I've seen is, uh, actually puts the actual structure of the building there in where the parking lot is now on the uh, wheeling insights so you do open up that view shed for traffic uh, coming down main street so you can see the bridge so uh, something that invites the eye and you know encourages people to pull over there and stop and uh, take stock of the bridge it, you know learn some history about it to me is a win-win it's right off i-70 you get a ton of traffic there uh, for years i think it's been a missed opportunity as a gateway center you know coming into wheeling there uh, so uh, yeah I'm, I'm open to any and all of those uh, all of those ideas i just make sure that I, my concern 
Oh, with the with keeping the bridge open is is mainly a, a technical one because I want to keep the bridge funded, and I felt like keeping it as a railway was the best way to do that. But either way, um, I can't imagine a future a future governor or or, or, or state legislature letting the bridge uh, just crumble and uh, fall into the river. I'm sure there's always going to be some political urge to keep it there. There may be opportunities to make the bridge a federal a national monument that could you know get some federal funds for it as well. Um, it's the gateway to the West. It, it's it's the most iconic figure or structure in in, in Wheeling. Uh, we have to do all we can to make sure it's there for future uh, generations. Well, maybe uh, when you uh, maybe yeah. when you get to Washington, uh, Mr. Mayor, you can <laughs> find some uh, additional federal uh, federal funding for us. Hey, well, that would certainly be something that uh, you know I think would be time well spent because uh, you have to preserve monuments like that, and it's hard. It's hard for states to do it. It would be impossible for a a city to keep a bridge like that standing. It's just too big and too expensive. So um, you see what they're spending on on this rehab project. That's half of the annual city's uh, budget right there. So, um, you know, we wouldn't have the resources to keep this bridge up. Uh, So you want to make sure it's there. Well, you'll be heading out of office here the next handful of months with plenty of projects still sitting on the agenda for you to work on while you while yeah. you begin your Senate campaign. So yes, oh yeah, it is a busy time in, in my life, as my wife reminds me every day. So, uh, yes. Mr. Mayor, thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. We'll talk talk again soon. Uh, thanks, Howard. Uh, thanks, Bob. Thanks, I'll Glenn. William Mayor Glenn Elliott checking in this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Eight thirty eight twenty two till the hour. Um, I wanted to ask you about the homeless camps, but I didn't have time. We've got Mark Phillips coming in next hour from the uh, Catholic Charities to talk about that, so we'll get an update on homeless situation with that. Um, yeah, I think that I think the suspension bridge is it's not going to reopen. It's not going to be it's not going to be for cars. Again. Do you think it's possible, Howard, that the, whatever they come up with, it'll generate a business from maybe a, I think a jitney is a wrong word, or maybe maybe a, a size like a golf cart that might have that's a uh, an express sure. back Absolutely. and forth to yeah. the casino and maybe the island no, back and forth, yeah, you mean, know, I, back and forth, back and forth. There are some other options that could, could come up there. I think uh, if the bridge isn't open for regular traffic uh could it be used in you know could there be some kind of a properly weighted <laughs> transportation vehicle that could be used on a on a uh, on a on a basis like that yeah that would make some sense again i i think what is going to have to happen now is uh, and this is probably a cvb thing more than it is a city of wheeling thing um they're going to have to start really thinking about how they're going to s- highlight the suspension bridge and what they're going to use it for. As I said, for example, I could see from this new gateway center, we don't know what it's going to look like yet, but let's assume it's a big glass-type building there. You can see it. I can envision uh, a path or a, a, a bridge or whatever over to the suspension bridge, and you could you could sign up for tours inside the gateway center, and a whole group of people would go out on the bridge, and there would be someone who could walk the bridge with you and talk about the history of the bridge and you know how it, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they're going to have to make more use of it historically if they can't make use of it for cars. And you know what? Maybe I was a little quick, there to uh, to say to the mayor that I, I I just didn't see that happening. Let's say it's a fifty cent toll, and we were going to the island. In our if our vehicle uh, passed the the weight uh, limit, yeah, I think I would pass. I think I would go that way and dig for fifty cents. The trouble now is, do you have fifty cents? You know, the, the mayor's the mayor's argument for the toll really isn't to, to, has nothing to do with raising money. It's that if you if you called a toll bridge, 
then the GPS systems will call it a toll bridge. And so buses and large they all avoid it. They won't go there they, because their GPS will take you away from tolls. That's that's the really the point of it. I know that when he first started talking about it, and I have I have a copy of the letter he sent to the transportation department. Uh, he was talking about a nickel, just a nickel, just something to you know, just to make it a toll bridge, and then then that way would I don't know. But I, again, I think that's probably not going to happen based on what we've been hearing lately. It's 8.40, 22 of the hour. Let's see what's happening around the Ohio Valley. We've got uh, Rebecca Little working today in the Ohio Valley News Center, WTRF-TV. Good morning. I'm Rebecca Little with your 7 News headlines for this Monday, January 29. 58-year-old Bob Daly could face murder charges after being arrested in connection to a fatal assault in Guernsey County. According to the Sheriff's Office, deputies were called to a house in Byesville after 10 p.m. on January 20th. Police received reports that a man physically assaulted an elderly man. When authorities arrived, they found a 73-year-old man had been beaten. And on Thursday, the victim died as a result of his injuries. Daly is scheduled to have a preliminary hearing this Friday. And members from the National Weather Service Pittsburgh office made a trip down to Wheeling and talked to the Storm Tracker 7 weather team. The NWS encourages anyone with an interest in public service to join their Skywarn spotter program. Spotters are often considered the first line of defense against impactful weather. Participants can expect to learn everything from the basics of identifying storms and severe weather to reporting that information to the agency. And we are one third of the way through the West Virginia legislative session. Today is the final day for lawmakers to introduce any legislative rulemaking review bills. Yesterday, the Senate voted on a bill that would get rid of many park fees and charges for our military veterans. Over in the House, delegates voted on a bill that could help drivers and construction workers alike. If a highway is going to be closed, signs need to go up 30 days in advance to warn the public. Meanwhile, beginning today through Wednesday, a section of Cherry Hill Road will be temporarily closed from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. each day for culvert replacement work, while emergency vehicles and school buses will be granted access. Other commuters are advised to seek alternate routes. The suggested alternate routes include Table Rock Road, GC and P Road, West Virginia 88, and US 40. That was a look at your 7 News headlines for this Monday, January 29th. I'm Rebecca Little. Have a marvelous Monday, Red Ohio Valley. Falls to Oklahoma State. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. Those stories coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. With the Kroger app, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards on the same high-quality items like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce with no hidden fees or markups. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Kroger always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower than low prices. And when you download the Kroger app, you can enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. Plus, you can earn fuel points to save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. And with a Boost membership, you'll save even more with double fuel points and free delivery. So you can always save big every day with our savings and rewards. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
It will go down as the one that got away for the Mountaineer men's basketball team back on Saturday. West Virginia falls to Oklahoma State by a score of 70-66. to What makes that game even more frustrating is that West Virginia led in that game for more time than it trailed. And in fact, WVU had a lead of seven points at 61-54, to so late in the game. But Oklahoma State ended the game on a 16-5 run. West Virginia just could not find a way to score a bucket really in the last five minutes of play. Some problematic numbers for West Virginia. WVU just unable to get to the free throw line. Oklahoma State made more free throws than West Virginia attempted. The Cowboys, who shoot 66% at the line on the season, shoot 77% on Saturday, 80% in the second half when they went 16 out of 20 for the line. So they end up making 20 free throws. West Virginia goes 8 of 12 at the line. Mark it down, a 70-66 to loss. Next up for West Virginia, a Wednesday date in Morgantown here against the Cincinnati Bearcats. As for the WVU women's basketball team, they avenged one of just their two losses on the season. Nice crowd on hand back on Saturday. WVU women prevail over Iowa State 84-78. to WVU led in the game by standout J.J. Quinterly, who scored 31 points. Next up for the WVU women, a date at home against UCF. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. It's time once again for the West Virginia Bob Otten State Hockey Championship, February 10th at 11th at West Banco Arena. The tournament includes middle school and high school divisions. Top players throughout the state of West Virginia from Charleston, Martinsburg, Morgantown, Lindsley, Wheeling Central, and Wheeling Park. February 10th at 11th at West Banco Arena, the West Virginia Bob Otten State Hockey Championship. Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. I left my heart in San Francisco. Bo, 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 bo. High on a hill It calls to me Did you notice I'm good? I played that for the Lions fans, Howard, because uh, I know a lot of them certainly left their heart in San Francisco yesterday. That's a good one. I was just thinking, did you notice on Friday when I said I would sing this song on our Western cruise after San Francisco visit, neither Bill nor Jennifer... Kind of changed the subject a little bit. Yeah, they didn't think it was a good idea. (laughs) 13 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. You know, this Joe Manchin running for president thing, I still can't figure out what exactly is going on. And... Uh, maybe I'll see if he'll come on one of these days and talk some more about it. He's on his national tour uh, trying to uh, what assess the heart of America and see who wants him to, I don't know, you know, that we all know what he's talking about. CNN has a story out this weekend. I just want to read a couple of lines to you. Senator Joe Manchin says he absolutely can see himself as president. Privately, Manchin has told people that a Joe Biden health scare or a Donald Trump conviction could give an op- give him an opening to run as an independent this year. 
So, I mean, that's he's kind of been saying this all along. But again, from CNN, one person familiar with Manchin's thinking said this time is different. This is not the same as his past flirtations that everybody rolls their eyes out. This time he's thinking about it seriously. I mean, I agree. I agree 100%. I've said that from the beginning. I have common sense. I don't have a lot of brains. I have common sense. And that little voice in my head says that Donald Trump will not be on the ballot because of legal problems. The Supreme Court is going to say, get out of here. And then the Democratic Party is going to call an audible. And they're going to say, well, you know, President Biden, uh, we got somebody else here. That's what I think is going to happen. And I've always thought that was going to happen, Howard. Well, apparently a mansion has been telling people that uh, while what's the phrase he used here? I can't find it exactly. Uh, Joe Biden is a nice guy, basically, he says. But uh, his his campaign team is pushing him too far to the left. Manchin thinks he needs to be more moderate about things. That's Manchin's key word, moderate, all the time. Um, so if Biden can't cut the mustard, so to speak, apparently Manchin's thinking about it. Now, I don't have any sense of whether this is true, whether this is any different than where Manchin has been before. He, You know, he's on this show and elsewhere has kind of said, well, you know, I mean, I'll never say no. Maybe it's possible. I'll see what the people think. But according to CNN, Senator Joe Manchin says he absolutely can see himself as president. Uh, and it goes back to just what you said, Bob. If Trump and or Biden or both uh, somehow are, are out of play, then it would give him an opening to step in. Yeah, and I think we're seeing the same thing here in, in the state of West Virginia. Now, they might not come out and say it, but I think still in their strategy, whether it's Mooney, whether it's Elliott or now Blankenship, they have to take the outside factor, which is uh, Governor Justice's health. Can he do this? Will he be able to do it? Is it a factor? Yes, I think it is. And I'm hearing more and more people privately, not publicly, uh, talk about that. You know, we have talked a lot in the last year or so about, gee, why don't people get more up in arms about the money he owes, the taxes he owes, the fact he doesn't show up for work, he being Governor Justice and so on. And I think some of that's been internalized. But I'm beginning to think people are starting to say, but if he goes to D.C., can he keep up the pace? I'm not suggesting that Jim Justice is in terrible – well, I guess I probably am, but I'm in terrible health too. Um, but I, I, I just there's – a, there's a pace that is involved in being a U.S. senator that is hard to match. I mean, I've been there. You've been there. They literally run the hallways. And, and I heard you say it. I heard it statewide. I heard it uh, national-wise. Uh, that's just not a job for someone his age and his health condition. It's just not going to be easy for the man. And although you have some senators and congressmen who don't really put any effort into it, the truth of the matter is it is not a job for someone who doesn't want to buckle down and work. And Jim Justice, whether you think he's done a good job or not as governor, what he hasn't done is show up for work. He doesn't come to the office. He doesn't, you know, hold office hours. He doesn't meet with his team on a regular basis, all those kind of things. And, I, you know, so I don't know. It, it, the filing deadlines have come and gone, and we know who's running for what. But do we know that it's going to stay that way at the end? I, I just I, – I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and, and, of course, now in the, the Senate race, we've got Mooney and Justice. And actually, there are – I'll check this here in a minute. There are like five other people running in that race, that Republican race, that, you know, who knows these names? I'll, I'll, I'll get them up here in a second and, and share them with you. And then, of course, now we've got 
three de- – who would have thought there would be a Democrat primary for anything in West Virginia? I mean, Democrats are just – I hate to say it's my party. You know, we're, we're just – we're down in the dumpster. We're being rolled over by everybody. Now we got three candidates running for the U.S. Senate seat. Maybe that will energize Democrat voters to go to the polls. I don't know. It's 8 before the hours, hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, next hour, a little bit of talk about the homeless camps in the city of Wheeling. Mark Phillips in from the uh, Catholic Charities to talk about that. And in a minute or two, a, a thought from me about Donald Trump. Are you or your loved ones facing a serious legal battle? The law office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not. The courtroom. With a successful track record in civil litigation, criminal defense, including tax issues and health care fraud, Harris Law Office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court. Call Paul Harris at Harris Law Office for a free consultation. 304-232-5300. My name is Waleed Garib. I'm an interventional cardiologist at WVU Reynolds Memorial Hospital. One thing that I would like people in this Ohio Valley and across West Virginia and really across the country to know. The goal of healthcare is not to help you get by. It's not just to keep you alive. It's to help you thrive. And if we can get you back to your 100% potential, that's our goal, and we're gonna keep working at it until we get as close to it as possible. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. bumper music i got it now. there you go how have i missed this <laughs> jeez my mind i told you off the air my mind isn't working quite right these days i feel like i'm in a fog sometimes i know some of you think i'm in the fog all the time these are the people run listen again we we talk about the uh, primary for the u.s senate race in the republican side of things as we say alex mooney and um jim justice right but these are the Republicans who have filed for the U.S. Senate seat. Brian Byrd, he's from Beckley. Uh, Zane Lawthorne from Princeton. Don Lindsay from Baker, West Virginia. Brian McKinney from Inwood, West Virginia. Janet McNulty from Martinsburg, West Virginia. Um, they have all filed for the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate seat. So it isn't just Mooney and Justice. It's Mooney and Justice and all those folks I just mentioned. 
Um, and then again, we now have uh, three people running on the Democrat side of things, which is uh, Glenn Elliott, we just talked to, Zach Shrewsbury, who announced very early on, and now uh, Don Blankenship. So that race is a very contended, contentious race. Things but, got tight, Howard. Yeah, but it, but if it, if I, if it was going to, I think Justice runs away from Mooney. I think Justice just clobbers Mooney. I mean, all polls indicate that we're talking about thirty percent more. If it was a closer race, just a hand, you know, you got one and here, one, two, three, six different other people. If they each got a few percentage points, one or two percentage points, if it was a close race. That could throw it to one person or another. I don't think it's going to be close between Justice and Mooney. Now, you'll remember this a lot better than me. I mean, I had no idea who Jim Justice was, but that was a pretty tight race, too. Wasn't uh, Kessler from uh, Marshall County in that race, too? Howard, it was it was pretty crowded, wasn't it? You mean for the nomination? Back when he was for, actually a Democrat. For the nomination, yes, 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 yes. Well, I think the biggest – yes, you're right. So um, Jeff Kessler is who I was Jeff saying. Kessler, yeah. Um, so anyways, it's interesting to me, uh, looking at the filings here, uh, how many people have actually filed for that. Now, any of them actually even campaign or this can be on the ballot? I, I don't know. But again, if any of them put a little effort out, if this was, it, but it's not going to be a close race. Between Justice and Mooney, it's not going to be close. So the extra people don't make a huge amount of difference. In some races where, where it's going to be a close race, those indiv- including the presidential race perhaps, um, Third-party candidates can make a difference. RFK Jr. is in uh, char- was in Charleston this weekend, um, stumping around the mountain state trying to get some votes for him. I think it's more of uh, something to tell the grandkids, Howard. Uh, sit on Pop Pop's lap and let me tell you about 2024 when I ran for governor or I something ran, like that. I ran for the Senate. Yeah. <laughs> Were you the Senate? No. Did you get any votes? Eh, no. Not really. <laughs> but but I filed the paperwork. I was on the ballot. I was on the ballot, and that's all that. And you know what? Put your name on the ballot. That is something. You were talking about um, uh, like golf carts or something, Bob, on the suspension bridge. Yeah, a little smaller vehicle. Yeah. Someone says, what about a rickshaw? That's, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Who's going to the island? Jump on in. Jump on the rickshaw. Or what do they call them? Handsome cabs there in uh, Central Park? I guess horses and a carriage could be could pull across there. Maybe. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Mean. As an Ohioan, I have no vote in the Senate election in West Virginia. But if Senator Duckworth can do her job from a wheelchair, then perhaps Governor Justice can manage in the Senate as well. Listen, there are plenty of people who are handicapped, elderly, use canes, use walkers. use. I don't see Jim Justice doing that. That's my point. I don't see Jim Justice in a wheelchair. Can you? I mean, I just it doesn't. I think he'll need some kind of wheels. But, you know, and it, it, he's wheeled around a good bit anyways. You know, he when he stands up in any public event, he brings his own chair to sit in and so on. Um, yeah, listen, I, and that's a very good point. I don't mean to disparage anybody in the Senate or elsewhere who works with a handicap or works with when it's hard. But it just somehow I don't see Jim Justice doing that. I just don't. It's 9 o'clock here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We'll talk about the homeless camps in the city of Wheeling. What's the latest going on with that? And what are they trying to do? Mark Phillips will join us to talk about that. And your texts and your phone calls are coming through as well on the Watchdog Morning Show for a Monday. Kansas City, here I come.